A welcome to everyone as we gather together for worship today. Um, you'll notice that our service is just a little bit different than what we uh, have been doing. Um, and that's because this is the weekend of the Calamus Wheatland Fun Days, and we are having our community worship service in the park. And so it's a, a little bit shorter, a little bit different than what uh, we would normally do. And so I am uh, glad that we all get to worship together, not only in the park using this same service, but we get to worship together across time and space and place. And we give thanks to God for the gift of community and for the gift that it is to be able to celebrate uh, being community together. And I am also grateful for uh, Julie from St. Paul's of United Church of Christ, who will be leading the worship service with me on Sunday at the park. And so um, I invite you to keep them in your, to keep St. Paul's in your prayers as well, as we remember and celebrate and worship together as a community. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who forgives us all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. In the presence of God who sees our hearts and our minds, let us confess our sin. God, our strength, we confess that we are captive to the power of sin that dwells within us. We put ourselves first and others last. What we think will make us happy leaves us longing for more. Even when we want to do what is good, we find ourselves doing the opposite. Rescue us from death's grip on our lives and raise us up day by day, that we, we may be alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear siblings, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we are justified by God's grace as a gift. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, in whom we have forgiveness of sin, our life, and our salvation. Amen. Our first reading today is from Isaiah, the 51st chapter. Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, but I blessed him and made him many. For the Lord will comfort Zion, the Lord will comfort all her waste places, and will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Listen to me, my people, and give heed to me, my nation. For a teaching will go out from me, and my justice for a light to the people's. I will bring near my deliverance swiftly. My salvation has gone out, and my arms will rule the peoples. The coastlands wait for me, and for my arm they hope. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and those who live on it will die like gnats. But my salvation will be forever, and my deliverance will be never ended. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from Romans, from Romans, the 12th chapter. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered him, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Names in the Bible are really important. And we see this in many places throughout scripture where God changes people's names. So God changes the names of Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah, or when God changes Jacob's name to Israel, or when Jesus changes Saul's name to Paul. Whenever someone is named, and especially if their name is changed, it always tells us something about their identity, their relationship with others, and how they will relate to the world. And we do things like that in our world today. For example, when I started kindergarten, I learned that my name was not just Leah, but that it was actually John's daughter, Leah. And while, yes, I am kind of kidding, uh, being named and known that way told a part of the story of who I am in my relationship with others. And we all have our own stories of this, whether we are named after someone or we are known within the community as so-and-so's child, spouse, sibling, cousin, and so on. Being named this way tells the story of who you are in your relationships with others. It is significant that Peter is able to name Jesus as the Messiah and that he is able to name that unique and direct relationship between God the Creator and Jesus the Son. Peter being able to understand who Jesus is required him to know what kind of God the scriptures promised the Messiah would be, and then for him to look at how Jesus lived and acted and realize that Jesus was that promised Messiah. After all, it's not like Jesus was walking around from place to place wearing a big sign that said, I am the Messiah, on it. 
And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter is able to recognize Emmanuel, God with us right in front of him in the person of Jesus Christ. And now Peter will not always be able to see this. In fact, next week will be the text where Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. The fears of the world will get in Peter's way again and prevent him from seeing and recognizing the Christ in front of him. But in this moment, Peter names Jesus for who he is and tells of his relationship with God and Jesus's relationship with the world. And so while this is considered Peter's big shining moment in the Bible, he's the only disciple to make this declaration. And Jesus seems to give him an important role in what will happen after Jesus dies, resurrects, and ascends. However, Peter is not the only person who knows and recognizes and names Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus' question of who do you say that I am is for us too. So, who do you say that Jesus is. Because we each have moments where we are able to recognize and name God's work in Jesus Christ in our lives. Who do you say that Jesus is in your life? We trust by the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is the Messiah, the one who has removed all of our sin and freed us to live without fear and freed us to boldly love all people, freed us to be in relationship with others because of Jesus' relationship to us. And we also have moments where the fears of the world prevent us from recognizing Jesus in each and every person that we meet. We sometimes fear people and situations that aren't like us, and we forget that Jesus died for that person too. We forget that Jesus loves that person too. However, Jesus is not the only person who is named in this story, right? Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter and promises Peter that he will be the rock on which the church is built. And Jesus names Peter as such, not because Peter is now going to be perfect. He clearly will not be. He will be called Satan in this next week. He will deny Jesus three times. But but Jesus gives Peter this call because of what God will do through Peter to share the love of Jesus Christ. And this is the call that Jesus gives Peter, and the Holy Spirit will guide and help him through all that he does. And Jesus does the same thing for you. In your baptism, God claimed you as God's own, and Jesus names you, by name, a beloved disciple. And Jesus calls you to many and various things that you do each and every day. And there are so many roles that we are called to. Community member, student, parent, spouse, child, friend, grandparent, whatever your career is, and so many others. And Jesus names you and calls you to these roles, not because you will do them perfectly, but because of what God will do to share the love of Jesus through you. Jesus already knows that we won't be perfect, but he calls us anyways. Because through his death on the cross and his resurrection and his defeat of the power of death, all of your imperfections, all of those times that we fail to recognize Jesus in our midst, all of those times we fail to be in relationship with others are all washed away and forgiven. Like Peter, we are able to trust again and again 
that Jesus is the Messiah, the one who loves us so, the Son of the living God, the one who takes away the sin and the pain of the world so that all can be in relationship with God and with each other. Amen. We will sing together the hymn, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. On the, he's at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Gathered together into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. And may the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. And we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.